The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded, brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to uh, Winter Wonderland here in Sweden, where I'm on a long-distance call with Anton Vasgård in Wales. Thank you guys for listening. Anton, thank you guys for for participating in this pod once more. Uh, I've had a few days off, but you haven't. You joined up with uh, Jared to speak about the three guys before. Yeah, I was going to say welcome back, Patrick. It's been uh, it's been a week. We haven't heard your lovely voice in such a long time. It's great to have you back. I just watched a a movie um, that is set in Dub- in in Belfast. So if I have any Northern Irish accent left, that that's that's uh, the fault of it. I learned uh, English in Boston once upon a time, and and in an Irish family. So sometimes it doesn't get back to that thing. First, we got to say one of the guys you spoke about last last time on the pod uh, scored a beautiful goal last night. I'm guessing it was Jesse Ullonen. Yeah, and uh, yep. he waited out the goalkeeper, made him bite, and lifted up the puck uh, to to draw the game with two and a half minutes left. It was a very very beautiful goal. The pass from from the corner was really good, and Ullonen was alone in front of the goalkeeper and. Uh, it's it's a, it's a very nice goal, and hopefully it brings even more confidence into Jesse Ullinen. What is surprising, though, for me is that both Otoleskin and Jesse Ullinen hasn't been called over yet. We know that Jesper Kotkaniemi has been brought back over to the U.S. or to Canada, and uh, I think that is, you know, it's the intention. Uh, Kotkaniemi will play in the big club, uh, whereas the others might not. And that's why they're keeping them in Finland until they know what is going to happen with the AHL season. Yeah, that, that actually makes sense uh, until we have, uh, yeah, a, like a, a real note on what is happening with the AHL. It's better for these guys to get games. And we see with a guy like Ilonen who started the season a bit frostbitten. Uh, I mean, he hadn't played for over a half a year. and uh, But then he has just, he has... Uh, well, been in the microwave for a couple of weeks, and he's uh, heating up. So it's just good for him to to basically continue as long as he can, and then be brought over when it's when it's necessary. And there's a season to, uh, or a preseason to to actually start. Yeah, and I know a lot of people has uh, asked and inquired about Ilonen and why isn't he taking off? And you have to remember that on the second line, one of the best players in Liga right now. Is actually playing on Yasilunen's spot on on the right wing, and that's Ryan Lash, who was one of the best players in SHL, one of the best players in Champions Hockey League for the last two years, and he has been one of the best players in in Finland uh, since he heated up, and it took him a couple of games too. But uh, Ryan Lash has, let's just check, he I, I think he's on seventeen points in like ten games or something like that, yeah. and. Uh, yeah. It's 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 been incredible and and uh, he is 
obviously steering the power play much in the same way as it did in Fralanda before. And uh, uh, let's see here, Ryan Lash, 23 games, <laughs> uh, tw 23 points in 17 games. Yeah, so, that's that's pretty good. Yeah, and uh, he left. He started the season with a couple of games where he didn't score. Uh, so yeah, if if Ilonen was playing more uh, before or or in the first couple of games, it was due to Ryan Lash not being in shape. Now Ryan Lash is being in shape, and he's taking a lot of those minutes out from Jesse Ilonen on the power play, and obviously on the second line. Yeah, I think that Ilan, when he came back to Pelicans, that he expected to have a bigger role than he's actually had. But it's also difficult for a team like the Pelicans. I mean, they are doing really well in Liga, surprisingly. And then it's uh, basically why should they invest? I mean, if they have a guy like Ryan Lash who is on a full season contract, and then they have Jesse Ilan, who they know. He's on a game by game contract. <laughs> That's insane. But, you know, only in Europe. <laughs> But yeah, uh, so far uh, that game-by-game -game contract works out for them. But at least they know that Jesse Ullinen will be called back to North America when there is a season. And then it's just, it makes more sense to to give your own guys more minutes, naturally. So you just bring the team together. And you have to give some credit also to, to Ryan Lash. Uh, he's one of the most sought-after players in Europe. He's probably one of the best played um, pay, paid players in Europe normally. But... He was holding out for a very good contract in, in NLA, in, in Switzerland, or in KHL in Russia, and he didn't get it. And his wife is from Lakhti in Finland, so obviously he chose to play with the Pelicans. And I think that is great. I, I, I got to give it to, to, to Ryan to go back and play where he actually broke through in, in, in Europe uh, ages ago, it seems like. Was it six, seven yeah. years ago? And How he, old is he? Uh, 35? 33? Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, but he's he is a cheat code on the power play, and it is a little bit like uh, we always bring up that guy when we speak about Jesse Lundin, Arthur Lekonen, uh, when Andreas Jonsson was playing on 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 the first line uh, of the power play with Fronda, and uh, the second line of, they scored so much, so the second line never really got a chance to play. Mm. I'm sorry, it's uh, Soya who is uh, really wanting to eat some stuff here, so that's why there. Some background noise. Is it, is it the cat? It's my cat. It's the yeah. it's a smaller cat of the two, and uh, yeah. she's been having a race around this morning. Uh, can't wait to get the tree in because she hasn't seen a Christmas tree yet. <laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember our cat when when she was a kitten, and uh, the first time we had a Christmas tree in, and she jumped it. Yeah, that was that was fun. Yeah, and then you had to get in there and try to help her down. I guess. So uh, I'm preparing for that. Yeah. Anyway, looking to the players that we are supposed to be talking about and not the um, players that, that uh, are maybe closer to our hearts, uh, we start with someone who is a bit of a conundrum right now. We really don't know what's going on with Noah Juleson and his injury, right? Yeah, he, he should be he should be go, good to go. Um, I don't think like I, I don't think his injury will that injury will affect him. Well, I I'm hoping it won't. But I mean, he, he did end the season with 13 games in in Laval, um, and obviously, like I mean, I, I ranked him far lower than everyone else. So I, I kind of have some explaining to do. I did some in the comment section. 
but everyone else had him 16 or above with several having him in the top 10 and I had him at 24 and I still stand by that I feel that Noah Juleson in this year's list where we have a lot of young prospects very young prospects he is one of the older guys he is 23 and he turns 24 in April and I would clarify here this is not a knack on Noah Juleson's talent as a player this is has a lot to do with his injury history I know that he has performed when he had when he has played for Montreal uh, in the NHL in the past but it's been a limited sample size if we compare him to Kel Fleury, which we, who we will get to in a minute, uh, we see a guy in Noah Juleson who played 23 games in the NHL in 2017-18. He played 21 games in 2018-2019. So he really has only 40-something games of NHL experience, which is basically the same as uh, Kel Fleury got in his rookie season. So everything, like all this talk about like Noah Juleson has proven to be a viable NHL defenseman with top four upside, I don't see it yet because he has yet to do it for a full season. And it's been a limited sample size. He has done well, but that was before the freak injury. Who knows if he'll get back to the same level and who knows if he can excel beyond that. I mean, he's not... He's not the springest of chickens anymore. I mean, he, he is um, coming up there in age. It's five and a half years since he was drafted, and he has yet to take a full-time roster spot on an NHL team. He got re-signed now, a one-year contract, 700000 basically minimum salary. That tells you something about, like, I mean, this is kind of a... I wouldn't say the last chance. I mean, he obviously has talent and he's still young, but but maybe his last chance with the Montreal Canadiens this year. Indeed, it's it's something that you have to keep an eye upon. And, and I am still worried about that um, concussion and the lingering effects. And there was some discussion about it during the season last year. Um, so So it's a shame because he's one of those players that we've followed for a long time or it feels like a long time. And... He's always yeah. been up there, and, and we have discussed him, and he, the upside of his play has always been great. Whereas now you start to see injuries, and, and we see these freak injuries coming up every now and then. We all remember Martin Rewai. We, we've seen Johnny mm. Aiken and uh, yeah. Jacob Olofsson as well, to, to mention a few. But there, there are these injuries. Hey, Magnus Nygren, when he was borderline. Um, yeah, we, we see, see a guy like Nolan Patrick in Philadelphia, who's yeah. just like, I mean, what's gonna be of him we don't know when he was the second overall pick better players have have been sidelined with injury and not been able to live up to their potential afterwards indeed and and it, it is unfortunate and but it's also part of the game hopefully uh Julesen will get back to to some uh, to to full uh ability to play hockey he will mm. more often than not have a career in hockey in one way or another that, that's yeah definitely uh, the yeah, question I, is, in, I, I, at what level and in what team and, and in what role? Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically like, it's it's. I, I think it's fair to make a comparison to, to uh, Joni Ikonen here because, like, I mean, even when he was playing um, in Montreal and Laval, it was never for a full season. So he signed his uh, rookie contract in 2017-2018 and he played 54 games in that season combined Laval and Montreal. And then he had... 24 in this 2018, 2019, and 13 this uh, last year. So 
basically like I mean everything we go on and and I I think this is for a lot of people like if you look at Joni Ekonen as well and you look at those 13 games he played and he had 10 points and yeah that's all great but it was 13 games and it was almost two years ago who knows what like a guy like Juleson can do at this point um as you say, the important thing is just that he gets back to hockey and gets to play consistent minutes and that his head and injury doesn't linger because his health is more important than anything else. The same as with guys like Riway and, and Ikonen, obviously. Yeah, uh, and and uh, Riway is, is uh, hampering his, uh, doing his best to stay in hockey. We'll see what, what that can go, but obviously he's always been a player that uh, everyone has been impressed with and everyone remembers the hat trick in in the bell center obviously uh we wish take the chance to to wish him if he listens to this we wish him a very uh fortunate hockey career in the future um going forward though uh we have uh kale flurry mm-hmm. and uh, yeah he he played in montreal uh 41 games last season i know i'm i don't know for, for me i'll be honest uh, i ranked him the lowest uh 23rd i think and for me he he's just big <laughs> and, and, but he and, can't and skate yeah i mean but, but it's, just, it's just like yeah he's big and, and yeah and and for me nothing stands out and and that's why i ranked him probably a few places too low i'm not gonna argue that but that was what my thought process was i i have no feelings about this guy i have <laughs> i have none and and we, we can but say but you like the flashy prospects you yeah, like to fly, especially uh, defensemen. I mean, we know of your crush on on Norlinder, obviously, and and Romanov. Uh, those on. guys stick out. Come more, on, much you more. know, like uh, Sarah is not. Um, she, she's not, you know, jealous of Norlinder. She's jealous of Romanov. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, I mean, she. I think she should be jealous of both of those guys. They <laughs> they have a they have a close a close place in your heart there. But uh, I mean, like uh, forty-one games, uh, one point. Uh, four, minus four, and then five points in forty games with Laval uh, Rocket. I, it's for me. It's tough getting excited. Uh, I, I I I can say yeah. I I, I ranked him too low, but on the other hand, yeah. I he's also relatively old, twenty two years of age. You know, uh, when are we gonna see him take that major step forward? He did uh, take a step forward last year. Was it due to the right side in Montreal being? not good behind the big two or was it uh anywhere else uh, anything else that that made that happen i'm not sure yet and and i need to see that this year yeah well i mean he, he's the same draft year as ryan paling and josh brook and so far he is the one who has played the most nhl games so i don't i wouldn't count him out or anything i think he has done splendidly well i mean he he took um when he uh, got over from well, got over. I mean, he's always been in North America, but when he left Regina and, uh, well, he played for both Kootenai Ice and Regina Pats during his last year in the WHL and signed with Laval Rocket and he took a full-time roster spot for the 2018-19 season and then he got uh, a roster spot with the Canadians off, um, well, just from the start of the 1920 season and played regularly for the first half of the season. And then it was just basically that well, when Montreal signed, they signed Marcus Candela, for example, and they just kind of needed to shuffle around a bit in their defense just to get the team 
woken again, basically. And it was just, it was a good opportunity for Kel Fleury to just go down and play regular games in a bigger role in Laval. But I really like Kale Fleury as a prospect. I think that, I mean, if we compare him to Josh Brook, who is obviously, I mean, it's a, it's a fair comparison since they were both drafted in 2017 and both are right-siders. Like, Josh Brook uh, has, I mean, he had his um, rookie year in Laval last year, so maybe he will have the same acceleration forward that, well, hopefully, that Kale Fleury did um, and take a roster spot. Well, who knows what he, what Josh Brook will end up doing, but for Kale Fleury, he already has 40 NHL games under his resume, and it feels like this. He's not flashy, but he is this stable potential top four but definitely top six defensemen that every team wants and covets and and needs on their team we saw what the montreal canadians signed joel edmondson to joel edmondson is not a premier talent in the nhl but he is someone you can rely on for every shift in every game possibly for 82 games a season you know that you can play him on the first pairing or on the third pairing you can play him on the penalty kill he will always do a solid job and i see that future for Kale Fleury as well yeah and and that's one step forward uh for, for him and I think the the thing is for me those players are a dime a dozen I think it's down to that as well um so why hasn't Montreal been able to just stuck up their defense in a better way if they're a dime a dozen no one wants to play Montreal we all know that you know, media <laughs> pressure, taxes, everything, you know, and then you yeah. have to learn to speak French as well for some guys that will take in the time. I, it, it's a funny thing. We're, we're making a cultural joke about it, but um, um, I remember when Mats Nyström, one of the Swedish premier hockey writers, uh, spoke uh, with Jacob De La Rose and, uh, about going over to Montreal and playing his first season, more or less full season, or, or was it about 40 games as well, wasn't it? and the playoffs in Montreal, and Montreal had asked uh, Jacob De La Rose if he was ready to play in that environment with the media scrutiny, with the peer pressure from the fans, etc., etc. And, and, you know, there is something to say that about that as well. You know, there are certain teams where you can play and no one would recognize you when you, when you go out in town. In Montreal, everyone will recognize you, and I think that is a great thing for a city to to yep. have that. To, to that is why we have such a big community on Habs Eyes on the Prize as well. Yeah, so everyone is interested. Everyone knows. Everyone wants to learn. Everyone wants to appreciate and tell them. And it comes with the pedigree of of, of a team that has been successful, mm. and that hasn't been successful as well because you build up all this pressure that. This year, this year, this year. And and it's always a little bit of a disappointment, but you need to know the new guys and you want to tell the new guys that it's all right. And you want to, you, um, it's, 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 it's fantastic. And I, I really, really think it's, it's amazing, but not, it's not for everyone to deal with it. And I think no, it's very good of Montreal to ask that question. So I'm sure that there are players that have said no when that mm. question has been asked and Montreal has had to move on. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen we've seen guys like I mean, obviously we saw the trade for I, I wouldn't say like Alex Galchenyuk had great seasons in Montreal or, or at least really good. I mean, he had 30 goals in one season and everything. But but we still saw like when they brought a guy like Max Domi over, he thrived 
just for the fact that he wanted to play in a hockey environment. He had played for Arizona a couple of years there. You, you can count the the spectators on basically your hands. And and like in Montreal, he got the experience he wanted because he's one of those guys who just really wants to be the center of attention. And, and he's from a hockey family and all that. But as you say, that's not for everyone. And getting back to this, like I, I feel like Kale Fleury didn't make a fool of himself during those 41 games. And you could argue that, well, you wouldn't expect that much from a 21-year-old with only one season of pro hockey under his belt. And that is something that... Uh, well, argues for the fact that he will have an NHL future. And I think that he will be Montreal's first choice as a third pairing defenseman going into the 2020-21 season as well, because you can rely on him in your own zone. And that is something you want on the third pairing in the NHL. All right, I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't know. I'm I'm saying like, I'm wrong. I I rank him wrong. I've said that a few times, but yeah, Yeah. I rank him wrong. but on the other hand, we all does the we all do these mistakes, especially when you're at the end of your uh, ballot, and you just put some people in, in in different orders. And if you don't remember exactly who's who at that point, yeah. Are you talking about Ikonen at forty two or? No, I'm talking about <laughs> Romanov at number one, obviously. Oh, definitely, yeah. Yeah. So no, uh, I'm I'm I know that I'm not I'm not worried about my. Ikonen at 42 pick. I'm sorry to say that because I know Ikonen has a lot of fans in Montreal. Mm. I'm unfortunately not worried. But yeah, I, I, I put this guy wrong. Uh, I would probably have moved him up maybe, you know, 15, around the 15 spot. Yeah, yeah but, makes sense. But, but, but this not, is what makes the list interesting. Yeah, exactly. That we don't have the same opinion. Yeah. Like, no... Like we are, we are hockey writers for Hab Size on the Prize, and you guys are fans, and we all have different opinions, and that's why it's such a great community. And again, I think that is, you know, like with the laws of average, where we have, what was it? I, I actually read up this last night. I think it was four hundred and ten votes this time, yeah, or, or lists that that took part in in in, in the evaluation, and yeah. the laws of average sort of make sense. This is where the the if you take out my vote, he would probably rise maybe what point per one point per two, three in the yeah, list. Not much, at not least not much. That's basically so, the same. Like that is the interesting part because now we're talking about these two players and we were both low on one of them. Right. So, so like, I feel like the same with Juleson. It basically comes down to what you imagine his potential to be moving forward. If you think like me that he, probably won't be like due to injuries and everything that he won't be any more than anything more than a seventh D man or a top a top guy in the AHL. Yeah, then you will rank him lower, obviously. But if you think that he still has top four pedigree, yeah, then you will rank him up near the top ten because he has already played in the NHL compared to many of the prospects that we have yet to see on the list. And I completely understand that. There is no right or wrong here. But but I think that uh, and it's been very very cordial in in the in the comments this year. I'm really really happy to say that because some years it hasn't been, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, the learnout years maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, let's 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 focus on on what I'm about to say. Like it's it's the law of average is like when you when you take all these 410 lists or 400 lists, it's. It's not going to make much change to see Patrick's vote being that, you know, skewed 
or, or uh, Anton's vote or in case of last year, Matt's vote on, on a certain defensive player. Uh, not going to bring that up, who, whose name it was, but, but Matt knows who, whose name it was. <laughs> mm. uh, but anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting to see. And we're at this fantastic cornerstone, I think, uh, where we go in from... You, it, we're not at that level where we separate yet. I don't think that the best players are not there yet. They're still in this group where it's below the, the, the best level and the best players. But mm. we're... we're Next part, we're, we're talking about the top 10 players. Yeah, and that I, I, I find myself really excited about a lot of players, even, even that we've had now, but especially, I mean, there was a time when guys like, I mean, not to talk down guys like Jacob De La Rose and everything, but Jacob De La Rose didn't ever really have a top six future in the NHL. He was an NHL fourth maybe third liner and he was still up at six one year and now the canadians has actually built a solid prospect system and that just feels really good to be able to say it has taken time but there have made so much right moves the last yeah. few years and that yeah. is really really impressive thank you guys for listening next time as anton and i mentioned we will talk about the top 10 players of the top 25 under 25 uh, this week will be 10 to number 6 and then we hope to have some surprises for you uh, when it comes to the top 5 uh, players further down the line thank you guys for listening Anton thank you for taking the time thank you Soya for participating as well this time uh, and uh, everyone please as always stay safe